We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Welcome to episode number 43 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mother of a three-year-old. I am joined by fellow mom and publisher of Pixelkin, Linda Brenneman. Hi there. And I'm, Stephen, I'm going to try to come up with names for you now that someone's uh-huh. not here. How about um, Dubious Dad, Stephen uh-huh. Dutzman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am a dad. Really. I am a da- my, so you're saying my dad's status is of a dubious nature? Is that what yes. we're getting at? <laughs> yes. And we're joined also today by everything Nintendo expert, Courtney Holmes. Yay. Hello. Hello. So I'm going to take a quick minute here to just let you all know that our beautiful and talented Simone de Rochefort uh, is moving on from the podcast, which we're really, really going to miss her, but I probably won't miss her jokes about my age. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's taking a job with Polygon, which is an enthusiast gaming site. If you are not sure about that, she's going to be working on their video team. So you should definitely keep an eye out for her on that. And um, you can follow her on Twitter at, at Doom Quasar if you want to keep up with what she's doing now. She's a star. She's going to do she great is. at Polygon. Yeah. I'm excited. It's one more step in her quest to take over the world. Exactly. That is yeah. for sure. She would be telling us that herself if she were here. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> she would. Um, okay, so let's get going like we always do with some news. I'm going to jump in really quickly, some little stories that happened today. Um, Star Wars Battlefront has announced their uh, first DLC. It's called the Outer Rim. It's going to let you fight in some cool places, uh, including Jabba's Palace. Although there's no mention as to whether or not we're going to get to see the big fat Jabba at all. But we'll just have to see there. Um, And you also can play as Greedo, which um, is pretty cool as well. This is pretty awesome. But is it their first DLC? Because I thought that they came out with one for the Battle of Jakku. Um... It's completely possible. (laughs) Courtney, that's why you're here. (laughs) <laughs> For sake of some, uh, I can give some clarity on this. Um, so this and is the Steven. first. This is the well. I mean, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the first part that of the fifty dollar season pass. The, the Battle wow. of Jakku was an automatic download to anyone that owned the game before a given day, and they mm. that was just kind of part of the Star Wars Episode Seven promotion. Um, but when you bought the $50 season pass, it was in going to include X number of DLC dumps that they didn't really get into much. Um, although, you know, a lot of people are surmising that the last one will be Rogue One, but we don't really know. But so, but so Courtney's absolutely right. The first quote unquote DLC was the Battle of Jakku, but that was free and wasn't technically included in the season pass because they gave it to everyone. Um, right. I guess theoretically it would have been included in the season pass if you didn't buy the game initially, but like what, like 14 million people or something bought that before that. So I yeah, mean, how many people got stuck? Gotcha. Yeah. Probably makes up for most of their sales there. So, so yeah, it sounds like that was more of an update than a, a DLC type thing. Well, it was like one uh, map in two modes or something. It really wasn't like, can, it, it wasn't that big. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to think about um, Rogue One being in there because I know that they've said that, well, they haven't come out and said Force Awakens is not going to be in there, but they've said, well, for right now, we are focusing on the original trilogy. So 
you can take that any way that you want. Uh, you know, obviously that's just sort of dodging the question, but hey, uh, game companies are good at that. <laughs> so uh, it's awesome that we have Courtney here because we have Nintendo news. Woo-hoo. Two bits of Nintendo news. So uh, there's a new Pokemon coming out this holiday season, which probably isn't surprising to most people. And also Nintendo has started this thing called Nintendo Selects. Courtney, tell us what this stuff is all about. Uh, well, Pokemon Sun and Moon, we don't know a ton about them yet. Uh, they're coming out this holiday, though. And I have to say, Sun and Moon are fantastic name choices for mm. Pokemon franchise. I so agree. Kudos. Uh, and then Nintendo Selects is basically... Um, I kind of want to compare it to... No, that's a terrible comparison. Never mind. <laughs> um, I think they're basically... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nicole, but they they are picking some of their sort of more classic games like Super Mario 3D World and then just marking the price way down. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's very similar to what Sony has done with the PlayStation Greatest Hits. I don't know if they've done that for PS4 yet, but they definitely had that for PS3 and PS2. It's basically really popular games that have been out for like, I don't know, a year, year and a half. Um, And then they're at a discounted price. So yeah, so Nintendo uh, is doing the same thing. Cool. And there's going to be another Nintendo Direct tomorrow. That's right. So. I just saw that. Yeah. What do you think they're going to talk about? Well, they said in their announcement that they're definitely not talking about the NX or mobile, <laughs> okay. um, which is frustrating. But, you know. Yeah. It's 2016 already. I, we, I was promised NX news. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but they said they would be covering um, games coming out this summer, which so far we are this spring and summer. So far, we know includes uh, Star Fox Zero and Pockin Tournament. I really hope they cover more than that because no offense, Pockin Tournament, I'm not super <laughs> interested, and I am excited for Star Fox, but it's already been delayed so many months that I like just thinking of it as like a as an upcoming game still is kind of. I, I feel like I know a ton about it already. It sounds um, like Steven has some thoughts. Um, okay, so Pokemon Tournament. Uh, <laughs> Pikachu uses a Stone Cold Stunner. That means it's immediately, uh, I mean, at least for me, uh, up to the top of my list. I would uh, bet a non-trivial amount of money that they're going to announce that they're delaying Star Fox to holiday 2016. Mm. Um, <sighs> so the it's it's the death of it by a thousand cuts, but the reality is they uh, it's been delayed. Nintendo for st- like for Star Fox. Star Fox is a pillar franchise for Nintendo. They're mo- like I-, I haven't seen anything from their uh, any of their PR people, not even a screenshot in mm. months. And it just feels really weird. Mm. Like Mario, they did it with Mario Tennis, but they let Mario Tennis go out to die because they knew it was a, an unfinished filler product, right? Like so, they know when their games are good and they know when their games are bad, and they can't allow Star Fox to be bad. And I think they would be better suited just canceling it and letting or delaying it all the to all get out. And um, at this point, just make it an NX game. Just yeah. who cares at this point? Yeah. I mean, you don't want Star Fox to die. Because it's Star right. Fox. It's like let, it's, yeah. you can't let a Legend of Zelda game go to die either. This is in that same category. Uh, there was another uh, semi-credible leak that came out recently about the NX that uh, once again strongly suggests that it'll be coming out this winter and that um, the new Zelda game will be co-released on Wii U and NX, which is not surprising. That's kind of what everyone is. That's a, that's a solid bet right now anyway. Mm. Um, so it... It makes a certain amount of sense to delay stuff as long as possible, I guess. So you can try to get some 
excitement built up for the NX. Um, I played a, a fairly long demo of Star Fox Zero at PAX last year. Yeah, that's in what August. I was going to ask yeah. you about because I, I know you had a few reservations about that game, right? I it looked gorgeous. Um, it look when you're looking at it. I was waiting in line to play it for quite a long time, and the whole time I was waiting in line, it was really frustrating to watch people play badly because it looks exactly like Star Fox 64. So I was sure that as soon as I had the controller in my hand, that I would kick butt. Um, but it doesn't handle anything like Star Fox 64. <laughs> and so, of course, I did terribly, and I felt guilty for judging all of those yes. people. <laughs> and people behind you are like, what is what is this girl? She didn't know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it handled very strangely. Um, I wrote some details about it in my article that came out back at the time. Um, but basically, a lot of the functions that had been delegated to the the c buttons on the n64 version they tried to put on a joystick which which was really strange like treating a joystick like buttons so when you pushed up um or verse or pushed down on this joystick it was like the same as pushing up i don't know it, it was weird it didn't feel very natural i also felt like if i had a lot of time with it that it might become natural but it was it was definitely gonna be a sharp learning curve mm. as is so yeah yeah Back to the drawing board. Well, if they're going all the way back to the drawing board, it's going to be delayed years. Um, So so speaking of like E3, which uh, Courtney was sort of suggesting, everyone's been thinking that the Nintendo NX is going to be announced at E3, which is a apparently dying show. This week, Activision announced that they are not going to have a booth on the show floor. And they're not the first to do that. Electronic Arts has already done that as well. What do you think about that? Go, Steven. All right. Um, <laughs> this isn't the first time Activision has done this. Uh, they mm. actually took 2012 off as well. Um, it, it, you know what? I don't... They're, not, they're just not going to have a booth, right? So mm. they're still going... They're already like in bed with um, Sony to get Call of Duty into their press conference. So they're already mm. going to be there. The vast majority of people that experience E3, experience it by watching the live streams of those major right. press conferences. You know, like for me, I don't get to go there because EFG is too small, so I cover the event digitally. So mm-hmm. I'm going to see just as much Call of Duty as every fanboy on the planet. Um, mm-hmm. So if a 10 by 10 booth is going to cost 40 grand, I, I'm willing to bet that their massive football size type of a booth would cost even more. I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. They only have like five, I mean, they have like five games, right? Yeah. They really don't carry, Activision is not a a volume. They are all about their pillars and Blizzard's Mm -hmm. not going to be there. So we're not going to see like Heroes of the Storm or, you know, they're not going to bring Legion because why would they bring Legion to E3, right? So like, I, I, I don't, I saw you post that the, the E3 was dying on uh, on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I I think that it is, but I don't think that this is a real sign of it. Um, I, I think because they'll be back. I mean, it, it's they, there's I don't know that there's much for them to show that they're not just going to show and have Sony pay for it. Right. Yeah, that's what they said. It sounds like they're only showing actually Call of Duty, so it looks like we're not going to be seeing Skylanders, anyhow. But yeah, I mean, Activision it's not a huge deal, but it's just one more step in the trend that I'm seeing like EA has opted out of their massive booth in favor of doing their own thing um, that's open to the public that happens right before the show 
So, I mean, it's interesting to say, like, like you said, those booths cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And I think it's becoming clear that the companies that are doing these just aren't, there's just no ROI there. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how that sort of morphs. Like, will everybody still go to Los Angeles at the same time and do their events there? Um, or if everybody's just going to, you know, do like Nintendo and do Nintendo Drex whenever they feel like it. So yeah. it's interesting. Another, I guess, sign of the decline would be the fact that last year E3 invited, what, like 5,000 non-journalists? Yes, they did. Which was interesting. Yeah. Oh, Gamescom has, what, like 30,000 non-press people there, and that seems to be doing all right? Yeah, well, Gamescom has the, uh, it's that the first couple days are trade only, so that's press and uh, developers and whatnot. And then the last few days are open to the public. So they're kind of hitting both both markets there so uh, game devs and press they're actually going there to like do business but at the same time they open the thing up to the public so that it doesn't like fizzle into nothing kind of like e3 is probably doing do you think that e3 would ever try to become more of a public show like pax or like have one day that's all open to the public i think they're gonna have to if they want to continue um to do things because then it then it becomes worth it for publishers to go have a booth there which it doesn't really make sense at this point. I mean, when E3 was first designed, it was designed as a retail show. So the companies were there showing off their games to representatives from GameStop or back in the day EB Games and all that kind of stuff to try to get them to uh, purchase lots and lots of inventory of their games. And, uh, you know, that was what E3 was all about. Press was sort of, you know, secondary, uh, like they helped build the hype or whatever, but it was really about talking to retailers and getting their games sold there. And obviously that's not very much of an issue anymore because everybody can sell the games themselves uh, over the internet. So, yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's 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 sad. I mean, I'm not terribly sad about it, but but it is sad. I mean, I've been to... Oh, God. 10, 10 or 12 E3s. Um, and it's always a good time. It's it's lots of fun. And uh, you see people that you haven't seen in a while, which is nice to have like one uh, big conference where you know everybody is going to be. So it's easier to, to meet up with people that you haven't seen in a while. But I don't know. We'll on see. The, on the bright side, it looks like things like the nintendo directs are sort of taking off right and i love that yeah Um, i think nintendo direct is awesome um it's this opportunity for the company to really humanize themselves with their fans yeah feel one-on-one with that and it's possible that that kind of presentation is gonna end up kind of filling some of the void that we get from e3 right now yeah yeah definitely i think so as well um so other bit of news here which i'm baffled i'm baffled twice a day that this even happened as well. So there is a new trailer for Uncharted 4 that was released, which had uh, concept art from Assassin's Creed 4 in the trailer in a little framed picture on the wall. Oops. Yeah, oops. And, uh, so it was the Ubisoft uh, creative director, art director, whatever, spoke up on Twitter, and he's like, hey, look at, you know, frame whatever. I know why they're calling it the thief's end now. <laughs> I was just like, oh, man. So it was funny because there was all this debate going on, like, is it or isn't it? Is it or isn't it? And, like, I pulled up the two images and pushed them side by side, and I'm like, 
there is no way that they can say that this isn't the same art. Like it looks exactly the same. Um, How but does Naughty that Dog even happen, Nicole? Do you know? I have no idea, really. I, I was wondering too if it was more of an homage or something, but I don't know. It's just so strange. I, image thievery is so common these days, and yeah. it's not always like yeah. really malicious, but it's just there's so many billions of pictures on the internet and it is so easy to just borrow one and maybe you don't mean for it to stay there or maybe you don't even think about it yeah. and then nobody else catches it. I've yeah. borrowed stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we probably We've all borrowed have. stuff. Yes. Yeah. But, but we're not Naughty Dog making yeah, yeah, exactly. millions of dollars off of our games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but they, they did admit that yes, it had been taken. They said that they hadn't properly vetted the images before they made the trailer. So, uh, so yeah. So that was that was interesting. It was it was cool. I think on Naughty Dog's part to jump right in there as quickly as possible and say yes, this is something that was done. We didn't mean for it to happen and yeah. all the kind of stuff. So, uh, so yeah. hopefully uh, that won't cause any more friction. Hopefully there will be no more stolen art. <laughs> showing up in trailers where it doesn't belong so um the art uh, am i right the art was like in a, a frame on the wall it, in the background it was in a frame on the wall but it wasn't really in the background in that an entire probably uh so the art was in a picture frame because i'm going to use word frame again there was a probably about a good 30 to 50 frames of a shot that was just on that picture on the wall. So it's not like you see characters and this thing is like over somebody's shoulder. It was like a straight on shot just on that picture for a short amount of time, which Mm -hmm. just magnified (laughs) everything. So it just makes me think of, um, uh, actually, so Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD comes out on Friday. Mm -hmm. And, um, from early review codes, uh, it's already been... I've seen video that shows that there's a Legend of Zelda for Wii U Easter egg in the Twilight Princess game, which is um, there's a framed picture on the wall in one of the areas in Twilight Princess that is a screenshot from the Legend of Zelda Wii U announcement blurb that they did at E3. Cool. Which is how much time cute. are you? How much time are you going to spend in front of that <laughs> that image, Courtney? As much time as it takes. <laughs> So, so you'll be in there for years. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've seen that image many. I mean, it was like my desktop wallpaper for months. So. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so last bit of news here before we jump into our main topic. So Skylanders is doing something really, really cool. They have teamed up with Autism Speaks uh, to help out with their campaign called Light It Up Blue. And they are releasing specially colored Skylanders that are blue and white in celebration of of this this event. Uh, uh, if you didn't know, April is Autism Awareness Month, and so they're getting started on that. Pretty cool. Um, the, the the characters look cool. I had to look up what their names were, and so that I could write the article because I didn't have Simone behind my shoulder <laughs> telling me right? telling me what those characters were called. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's cool. Uh, the the special Skylanders you can get them now uh, in stores, and I don't believe the gameplay is different at all. It's just a it's just a special new color. Um, well, the, the character models are are actually repainted. It's actually pretty cool. Right. The, the trigger happy character is normally like a Tasmanian devil looking brown kind of guy, and he's mm-hmm. blue with a white racing stripe. It's actually kind of neat. Cool. I just yeah. wish it was with a better charity than Autism Speaks, but I mean. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if we want to go down that road. 
Uh, we maybe not, but there are other <laughs> autism chari- there are other autism related charities other than them. That's all I'm saying. Right. Okay. We're all for helping spreading awareness about autism. Oh, I think this is amazing. This is really cool. It's neat little products. The the repaints look super rad. Yeah. I'm not being yeah, negative okay. about this. I think this is a super cool. Um, like it, it is in fact a super cool promotion. I had when it hit my newsfeed, and then I got the press release. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Literally, whoa. I, there, I know that sounded like awfully dramatic, but I just sat there kind of stunned because I thought it was pretty neat. I didn't think Activision would do that. <laughs> very, very cool. All right. So speaking of Skylanders, this is a great segue into our main topic, which is Toys to Life. Obviously, Skylanders is part of the Toys to Life uh, genre of games, which also includes Disney Infinity and Lego Dimensions and sort of maybe a little bit uh, Amiibos. So um, we got an announcement from Disney Infinity that they will not be releasing an entirely new game this year, which we already knew that Lego was not going to be doing this. Skylanders is. um, So that's going to put them out there by themselves, basically, uh, with competition. But at the same time, (laughs) at the same time, Disney Infinity and Lego, they're not like not releasing anything. Disney Infinity is... Uh, they announced that they're going to be releasing four different character packs and uh, taking a you know a move from uh, Nintendo, actually, Courtney, that you were saying, they announced all this stuff in a video called Disney Infinity Next, of which they said was the first episode and they would be doing more and more episodes in the future. So, so yeah, that whole direct-to-fan thing is definitely catching on. Um, so yeah, so the, uh, the the new character packs that are going to become Disney Infinity are actually pretty cool. There is going to be a brand new Marvels one, which is, it's got, uh, it works with the regular character, the regular Marvel characters that were released last year, but it's got some new ones and it's kind and it's bringing brawler style gameplay to the game for the first time, which is really cool. Um, and then the other packs are going to be a uh, couple characters from Zootopia and the bear from the Jungle Book, whose name is escaping me right Blue. now. Blue. Blue, yes. And then um, there's going to be a Star Wars pack, too, but they didn't talk about that at all, which isn't surprising. Um, so, yeah, so different approaches there. I mean, LEGO Dimensions already has a crap ton of expansions and characters available. Um, but, yeah, so this Toys of Life thing... Uh, I, I don't know. Me, personally, I'm sitting back and watching all this. Anna isn't quite old enough to play these games. So um, I just I see a lot of uh, parallels between what's happening now and what happened with the music game genre a few years ago, the ones that required all those real-life plastic peripherals in order to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, like this is like, I don't know, it's kind of even worse because, like, if you're getting a new Skylanders every year, you have to buy some new figures every year. Whereas if you're playing Guitar Hero or Rock Band, you could buy the guitar once and it would work for all the games for a while. Um, so, so I don't know. What does everybody else think? Oh, the first thing that popped to mind is that uh, when LEGO Dimensions came out, that was one of their big selling points is that you, their figures are promised to work in every LEGO Dimensions game that comes out. Which is cool, yeah. But that series is still incredibly expensive. But yeah, it was, it was really fun. Yeah, Stephen, you have kids the age that play those those games a lot, right? Do you do you have several? Of I have those all systems? three. Have <laughs> I have all three. Wow. Um, we have every version of every Toys to Life game that has come out. 
So I'm so when the uh, topic was presented to us about is this a bubble? Is this too much? Um, I I had I had thoughts and feelings, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> and um, so and then it, what's interesting is this was posed to us, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and then since then. Um, most notably, we've gotten confirmation that Disney Infinity is taking a year off from releasing base sets mm-hmm. and instead only releasing a la carte, um, you know, play sets and figures. Right. Um, I see what you're saying in regards to the parallel between uh, the Toys to Life genre and the music genre, uh, the rhythm music genre. What, what was that called? You were at IGN then. Um, I don't <laughs> even know. But I always the, just I, refer to it as the plastic peripheral genre. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so that sounds that's legit. That's legit. I, I can see those comparisons. There is one significant difference that mm. I think changes everything, and that is that Rock Band was marketed to adults, and these are marketed to children. Um, and that the power of children is something that. Activision knows, Disney Disney definitely knows, Mm -hmm. um, and so does Warner Brothers. And so I, while I believe that Disney Infinity's decision to not release a new core game in 2016 is a, I think it might be a little little bit of preventive medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they are aware of the franchise fatigue i mean they're not stupid but uh, i i think that it would take more for them to push these games out of style um how many pokemon clones were there back in in the early 2000s like courtney i mean how many did we play like a million i mean they were everywhere they were everywhere and and part of that is because pokemon came out and captured the hearts and minds of every child and many adults in several continents and so everybody cloned them and wanted to try and compete they're still doing it i mean i have yokai watch upstairs right so mm. the but but some of those games still exist they just released a digimon game two weeks ago so i i don't and part of that's because these are games that are marketed to children so i i i've been rambling and i apologize but i think that i, I while i would agree if this were like a madden game <laughs> but <laughs> Madden's still here. Like it's just the the. I don't think Toys to Life is gonna go away, and I don't think it's even gonna suffer. Um, these things are here forever. Do your kids? <laughs> Unfortunately, play... for our wallet. Do your Stephen? Do your kids play all those games? And how do you organize all the different pieces? I could go into the, uh, so. <laughs> I'm um, curious. Oh well, all right. So we this is this is rad, and every parent that is listening to this that is like, oh my goodness, I have Disney Infinity characters and Skylanders everywhere. Legit, this is what you do. Yeah. If it's too late now, um, but next year Christmas time after Christmas, go to your local like your local Walmart or wherever and buy ornament boxes. They are they. they what we have is a long one that's designed to fit under a bed. It's like a shoe rack kind of deal. And what it do, what they are is they have square slots that you can put <laughs> figures in, and they are, you know, sometimes they'll have plastic, you know, kind of, I don't want to say weave, but like pl- little bars of plastic that'll hold them in space so that they chill in there. Um huh. We have two of those full of uh, Skylanders, Disney Infinity characters, and um, we do put some Amiibos in there, too. We really have very few Amiibos. Um, Mainly the Amiibos that we have exist because they're cool figures. Uh, Mm. The only Amiibo we actually use is my Shovel Knight Amiibo because 
people because Shovel Knight. Um, but we have mm -hmm. them for our Instagram feed for props. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that really seems to be the main market for amiibos is just straight up collectors. Yeah, rather than people who yeah, are man. playing with the toys. Hey, at least Nintendo makes money. Um, I, oh, I yeah, they're yeah. printing cash. <laughs> and and I and I bought myself a Ryu amiibo because Ryu. But I mean. You know, I mean, it's the the games themselves. the 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 Lego Dimensions characters are way harder to deal with by nature of the right. fact that they are little and um, have lots of small pieces. Those have a dedicated shelf directly to my left, um, mm. and they just live there. As far as do my kids play them? When they play them, they play them nonstop. Uh, but they'll mm. stop. My house is a special case, though, because I review video games and board games, and so a week does not go by where a new game of some kind doesn't come into this house. So as you can imagine, they're, they suffer oh so much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're, they are so miserable. Um, but they play them. I mean, they'll, they'll knock them out for a weekend and, and, you know, churn out a couple hours here or there in every game. Um, Disney Infinity is by far their least favorite. Huh, interesting. So Simone feels the same way. Yeah, I think she does too. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So um, with Pokemon, you know, not going anywhere and all that kind of stuff. I mean, was there the same type of huge investment that you needed to make as far as buying physical things in order to play those games? Well, I had a huge Pokemon card collection in the 90s. Um, yeah. But at least that was just like little pieces of paper. It was pretty easy to store. Yeah. And I imagine they were fairly cheap as well. Right. Mm. <laughs> or, my, or not. I have no idea. Yeah. I've never bought them. You ever play you Magic, Nicole? Mom, to be honest. Uh, I haven't played Magic. No. Uh, I prefer to just play digital card games. You're a so, very or one, person. One digital card game, actually. So. Um, I think, and Court Courtney, correct me if I'm wrong, I think part of the, the there's two facets to that in regards to Pokemon. I, I think part of it is... Um, Pokemon was is a time investment because it is a Japanese mm -hmm. role-playing game. So as a result, I mean, my, my son has Pokemon Omega Ruby, which is the first one that really stuck its claws into him. You know what I mean? And he's got like a yeah. hundred and something hours into it. Um, yeah. And that's an investment. Um, the other piece is, um, at least back in the day, interacting with the Pokemon world involved all the merch and all mm. the cards and the games and you know so while you're right it's not the same because you need to buy these new figs in order to keep going with the game um you don't have to buy like all of them in order to play i mean mm -hmm. you, you you're because my sons still play with stealth elf from skylanders one and mm. i i have to argue with them when they get a new game you know we we Activision sent us Skylander Superchargers and they opened it up and the first thing they did was get through the tutorial with the two guys in the box and then put those guys away and then bust out their level 20 Stealth Elf from the first game and just mm. rump through half of the game. And I was like, guys, guys. You have two new toys sitting right there. Yep, and they don't <laughs> want it. They just want... Well, to be fair, one of her moves like bamps a tiger out of nowhere that just eats people. I mean... It's that's, kind of that's cool. awesome. But, yeah. I mean. Do, do your kids ever play with the figures without the game, just uh, as, like, little action figure type things? They do. Um, my wife runs a home daycare, so oh. occasionally, 
Yeah, we have built-in testers. Um, the board game community <laughs> loves it. They're like captives. Can you imagine? They're so they're so sad. Um, and so, we'll, the, if the Skylanders are upstairs, they'll build blocks and they'll have you know they'll divide them up into teams and they'll fight over who gets to have Thor. And <laughs> um, and so it, it, we let them. Some of the kids are younger, so like if the younger kids are there, we won't because these figures aren't in. They're not indestructible, but. Right. You know, if it's the bigger kids, they'll do it. We're working yeah. on making a tabletop role-playing game using all of the stats. I'm trying. I'm working with my brother to try and design it as, like, a little thing. Um, but it the stats aren't super compatible between Disney Infinity and Skylanders, which is what I was mm -hmm. really hoping for. But right. you need it's all math. <laughs> oh, yeah, that just brought up something really quickly, Stephen, when you said kids were fighting about Thor. I think it was you who said that you loved Vision, and are you super excited that he's coming to Disney Infinity? I, okay, so I have, yes, I want, shortly, yes. So I have, um, yes, can we just say yes? I yeah. am... I told my wife within minutes of that announcement. I actually, I have a day job. I took my day job off so that I could watch the Disney Infinity Next presentation. Had I realized it was only 12 minutes long, I probably would have gone to work. But whatever. <laughs> it was worth the vacation day just to see Vision in all of his glory. I knew he was coming wow. because those those things had, linked a, uh, had leaked a while ago. And I uh -huh. can't imagine they weren't going to add him. But, man, he, his figure looks so cool. He looks so cool. It's weird to I know, pupils, I was, but... Yeah, I was watching that, and I'm like, oh, wow. Steven just must be through the roof right now. <laughs> or through the floor. Or through the floor, right, exactly. Vision is my favorite um, superhero of all time, so I will own everything that is him. Um, yes. Now that I'm just excited that there's going to be merch. Like, I'm going to be able to go to, a like, Walmart and buy a Vision toy. That's not a thing. Mm. Right, like, exactly. Oh, man, I'm so excited. So Steven, excited. can you give us just a couple sentences on why that superhero is better than any other superhero? Oh. Okay, so I want to be clear. I do not think that he is better um, because I, I think that that's super-duper subjective. He is my personal favorite. Okay, um, but why? Why? I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. A lot of it just really comes down to... Uh, several storylines that they had with him back in the back in the day. Um, so the current, we could get in the weeds. This isn't a comic book podcast. Um, <laughs> suffice it to say, I identified very in my youth, my middle school and teenage years. I identified very strongly with uh, a character who was set apart from those around him by being slightly different um, and by being not quite human like I didn't quite fit in right so I was surrounded by all these people um I was I mean this is again getting into the weeds I was uh super bullied like I was one of those kids that back in the day they would have like pulled me aside like that I was a threat right because mm. I was like everybody was beating on me I was super quiet off to the side playing the video games like fit the definition of a bad of a bad actor right and I <laughs> obviously I turned out okay but Vision is a character that I really identified with at that point because he's surrounded by all these quote-unquote normal people, right? Like he's surrounded by these other superheroes that are kind of a part of the world and he's different. And he mm -hmm. found success and a home and he 
got married and somehow had kids, even though he's a crazy robot that used to be the Human Torch and is really weird. <laughs> um, and that... Okay, I get it. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah get, I mean, the... You um... should get a shock thing so that you can, like, shock me if I go on rants <laughs> like that. No, that was great. I um, wanted to know. Yeah, so this whole thing with toys, I'm actually amazingly very, I'm very actually interested in the business side of things when it comes to games because I did PR and marketing for a developer a while back and had numerous dealings with publishers, and those relationships are really weird. Um, but so we know for sure that Skylanders did not meet its sales expectations last year. We're pretty sure that Disney didn't meet its sales expectations last year either. So, um, it's it just throws another you know another element into the mix there. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen this holiday. Skylanders is going to be out there with no new competition as far as a new full new game goes. But I just wonder, as uh, a parent or you know maybe non gaming parent or one who's just mildly interested, are they going to like? Like, if their kids don't have any of these games, are they going to go buy a huge Skylanders game? Or would they maybe buy last year's Disney Infinity, which will probably be discounted, and get, like, tons more characters uh, to be able to play with it at the, uh, you know, basically the same or maybe a little bit higher cost. So Yeah, the whole Toys to Life boom really kicked off right when we were getting ready to transition to brand new consoles. Mm-hmm. So that is another motivation to, like, come out with you know, new editions of the games that are higher definition and higher graphics and people will want to go get them because they want them for their new consoles and they mm-hmm. don't have that this year. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, when I was at IGN, I actually, um, I had an appointment with Toys for Bob, which is the original developers of Skylanders that came to talk to people and they had like this little prototype Spyro figure. They were like trying to explain how this was going to work and like they didn't have anything to actually show. It was just... You know, I was like, this is this seems really, really cool. And then I found out that they had gone to Nintendo first and Nintendo had been like, yeah, no, we're, we're not interested. <laughs> and so Activision picked it up instead. And like, wow, Nintendo, Nintendo makes those mistakes a lot because like Sony went to them originally with the idea for the PlayStation and they said, no, we're not interested. So well, they, yeah. those are like a rare prototype of the Nintendo PlayStation that you can find photos of online. Um, but yeah, they just had too many disagreements during production. The two companies could not work it out. Yeah. Hmm. I just find Honestly, that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Courtney. The, the first thing I thought of when I, uh, heard about Toys to Life, honestly, was Pokemon, because I feel mm. like it really um, embodies the spirit of the franchise of, like, collecting these cute animals and carrying them around with you and trading them with your friends. And now that there's Amiibo cards, I'm just really, I guess, I'm surprised that there hasn't been uh, a game that, like um, uh, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, is completely dependent on having Amiibos. I'm surprised that there isn't one of those for Pokemon yet. Mm. Maybe they're working on it. Yeah, that might be this holiday's release. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, Stephen, did you have something to say? Uh, you know, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I, I'm pretty sure that they, they. I can't imagine they haven't prototyped it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Somewhere I don't know in if some I de- want it or not, but it just feels like it should exist. Court, you, you, yeah. Come on. I mean, <laughs> come on. I don't. If they put I out mean, Pokemon amiibo cards, you are I mean, their day I'm one. I'm actually. 
Okay, here's the thing. I am a huge Nintendo fan, but I am actually not a huge Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was um, in the 90s, but these days I just... I get really impatient with turn-based fighting. Um, it's I'm much rather just run up and hit somebody a bunch of times with my sword. I'm Zelda with style. I'm with <laughs> so I just I don't play them very much. Yeah. Yeah, I reviewed but the I last them. Pokemon game for Pixel Cannon. Um, that was actually the first time that I had played Pokemon. My kids had been pretty obsessed with Pokemon all through the '90s, um, but playing it i was just like wow this is this goes this is kind of tedious really compared to what i'm used to playing but i can really see why kids would love it you know yeah 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 it was definitely you know turn-based combat is or or isn't your thing for the most part i don't typically enjoy it all that much except for in certain circumstances like when i don't feel good and would rather just lay on the couch and play a game with you know not any reason to be uh using the controller really quickly i can just like uh <laughs> take some time be like yeah okay this is the attack that i want to do yeah. um and i also enjoy it uh, a little different though mario and luigi those games um, because there is timing involved in that um but i like those types of games too uh because they're turn-based but they're turn-based with a little little extra bit thrown in um so so those are fun too so we make predictions we're gonna go around i'm gonna have anybody make predictions here i'm gonna predict that skylanders is once again not going to hit its sales expectations and then next year uh i don't know what to predict for next year i think we'll you know i think this this year will be the year that is going to kind of set the direction for how things are going because you've got two companies who are sort of, you know, taking a year off and you've got one that's going and doing it. So we're seeing both of the business models happening this year. So I think next year we're going to know how viable this space is. That's my take. I'm going to go right right against you. Uh, I predict this is a return for Toys for Bob. They're producing this year's version. Uh, Last uh, Superchargers was created by Vicarious Visions. Um, who has, um, I think, struggled. Uh, they really haven't, you know, they did Giants. Um, I, I just think they're missing something. Uh, Toys for Bob mm-hmm. has done, like, the real huge changes. Um, they did Swap Force. They did uh, Trap Team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I predict that they will make their uh, sales predictions. They're going to have zero competition. Uh, you're right, right. I think, you know, competition from last year might exist. I think they're going to clean up this year. Um, mm-hmm. And I will uh, agree. I'll, I mean, yeah, no, that's my prediction. All right. I'm a betting I, man. I will say a hope instead of a prediction. I hope that this year's Skylanders does something really different. Like I know racing was a big change from what they had so far, but in terms of like uh, Lego dimensions, uh, moving the figures around on the gamepad and having the, the color changing um, the, the gamepad that, I don't know, that really, interacted with the story so much more than what I've seen with Skylanders or Disney Infinity. I hope that other Toys to Life franchises pick up on that and really try to get more creative with the way that they're interact uh, combining 2D and 3D space. So that's my hope for the future of Toys to Life. Cool. Your thoughts, Linda? Boy, I don't know, you guys. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I guess I kind of think that it will kind of settle into a pattern and 
um, it'll stay around for a long, long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In one form or another. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. So we'll just have to see like a year from now, we will be talking about this again based on, well, we have to wait for Activision's like investors call and then we will know whether or not yeah. Skylander well, says no, it is numbers. Right, yeah, I know. yeah, exactly. Maybe by then we'll all be uh, recording our podcast in virtual reality. Right. Headsets. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that would require me buying a Vive, and I'm sorry, that's like 800 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, we are getting an Oculus, which is something that I didn't know we were even interested cool. in until my husband, like, he ran the tests on his PC, like, in his office. He comes out to me. He's like, "Guess what?" And I was like, "I don't know what." He like told me to go into the go into room, look at the screen. It's got all the little check marks. Your PC is Oculus ready. And I was like, oh, wow, are we interested in that? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I ran that test, and I was no, nowhere near ready. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy the big computer. Yeah. No, yeah. Isaac, he, put, he puts together his own computers, so oh, okay. he almost always has top-of-the-line everything because yeah. he replaces parts had, here and there. I had, like, one check mark out of four or five or whatever it was. <laughs> Not good. Well, I'll be... I'll be kicking it on my Google Cardboard. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> That's what I can afford right now. Uh, awesome. Okay. So let's uh, move into what we're playing. So let's see. Steven, why don't we start with you this week? Uh, so a couple things. Uh, today is the start of season three of Smite. Uh, that means mm. some new characters. Specifically, I don't know. I talked about it last time. The the addition of the Japanese pantheon, which is right. super cool. Their god of thunder is a drummer, and <laughs> okay. so literally he's got the, these drums in front of him, and his moves are that he does drums and and shoots out laser blasts and stuff. It's super rad. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. And my sons are still really, really, really confused that Amaterasu is not a fox. But hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> They're, they'll get over it. It's a, it's a woman samurai with a sword that, that turbo murders people. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Every time there's a new season, I always load in, want to look at the new skins and take a look. Maybe they'll actually include more skins that actually like cover up their female characters, which mm-hmm. is still my number one problem with that game. Um, I uh, Anyway, so <laughs> um, I'll like totally... I, I get in trouble every time I'm playing and my wife walks in, but it's such a good game that I just kind of... I just put clothes on my characters. Um, the other thing is, I've been playing some Mega Man Legacy Collection. Mm. Um, it's so good. Any uh, any of you guys partake? No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not super interested in Mega Man, but I know many who are. I thought, the last I thought I have not played. I, I thought we were. I thought we were friends, Nicole. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I won't. I won't judge you too much. So my favorite part about this game is that it is like an unabashed. Like it's just legit. These games. Um, there's there's some modern editions. Uh, like you can do saves, kind of like on the virtual console. But mm. um, but other than that, they didn't add checkpoints. They didn't. It's just these original games. So uh, I started playing, and my sons, specifically my nine year old. Um, came in and were like, Dad, I want to play some Mega Man. And I was like, listen, this game is hard, but you can do it. Right. Um, and I'm like, but you, I'm going to let you know, like, Nintendo games are hard. Now, he's played Shovel Knight. He knows what challenge is. But mm-hmm. so I gave him the controller. I walked into the, and this was in the morning on, like, a Saturday. And um, I walked into the kitchen with my wife to make some breakfast. And I hear my oldest son be like, shout to the kitchen, hey, Dad, 
where's the checkpoints in this level? Like, how far? <laughs> and I was like, son, what do you mean checkpoints? He's yeah. like, well, there's supposed to be checkpoints. And I'm like, no, there is one. It's in the middle of the level. And if you don't get to that checkpoint, you have to start at the very beginning. And if yes. you get a game over, you have to start all the way at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, what? That, that's not a thing, Dad. They don't do that. I'm like, no, no, no. They don't do it anymore. This game was made when yeah. I was your age. And, um, you know what? He he grit his teeth, and mm-hmm. he um, and like about an hour later, he he uh, killed Metal Man in nice. uh, Mega Man Two. Who, um, if you are a Mega Man aficionado, um, Metal Man Two is Metal Man is the first boss you're supposed to kill in Mega Man Two, as far as I'm concerned. And the big reason for that is that his weapon is easily the most overpowered weapon in the history of Mega Man. It's the mm. first one that can shoot in all the different directions, and it's you're throwing saw blades, guys. Like it's so rad. <laughs> and so he, he, I was in the kitchen making French toast, and all of a sudden I hear. Dad, Dad, and I was like, "What happened?" I thought somebody got hurt, and he had paused it, like, and I got in and I got a picture. I put it up on the Instagram, the Engage Family Gaming Instagram, and it's a picture of Mega Man warping out after killing uh, Metal Man. He had one tick of life left. Oh man! So it was like his Dark Souls moment, and I think (laughs) that that is, and we laugh because it's totally true, but it's but. He had his Dark Souls moment. That whole, holy yeah. crap, I did this. And mm, totally he relate. was hungry. Now, he did like 20 minutes, you know, after, not 20 minutes, but like, you know, after a while, he took down a couple more bosses. Um, mm. And he's like, Dad, this game's got to be real short. Like, I'm going to be on to Mega Man 3 and like, you know, by lunchtime. And I was like, son, you're not even at Wily's Castle yet. <laughs> relax. Yeah. You got to fight all these bosses again. And yeah. so... It it is if you are a Mega Man fan. Well, if you're a Mega Man fan, you probably already bought it. But if you have an interest in retro games, um, Mega Man is a fantastic series. It is, um, and it's thirty dollars on uh, on you know it's thirty dollars. If you're yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime, you're still within that opening two weeks where you get twenty percent off. So it's like mm-hmm. twenty one or twenty two bucks. It's almost inexcusable if you're interested in that kind of thing. It's six games. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Linda, how about you? Well, um, shortly after we talked last time, I think I beat Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yay! Right? Yay! Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, so, you know, shot the helicopter down indirectly <laughs> at the very end there. Yes, that was a tough one. It was hard, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, but, I, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was really a fun game. And then um, I have been playing Alpha Bear and beat the space level after grinding forever <laughs> on that. So now I'm on level 10, which is, I think it's called game level or something. It's game themed. And wow. um, Is that the last level? No, I think there might be one more after that, actually. Oh, they must have I, added some. It just makes my head hurt to imagine how hard these... Because <laughs> I, I think it took me like four months to beat the space level i don't know yeah. it took a really long time yeah you're gonna have like a tiny board where you have to get like two million yeah exactly something like that right but they do fortunately they have bonus bears that are very you know bonus powerful um yeah yeah but then um i downloaded the other day far cry primal mm. so i'm Playing around with that. What? What? I just I want that game so bad, but really? I, I don't have room in my I don't have room in my in my life right now for games that involve murdering other things. 
Because I, <laughs> I, I have to buy all the games that, that I review, yeah. so I want to play that game so bad. Well, it, so far it's pretty fun, but um, I have never been a first-person kind of player very much. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm sorry, really bad at first-person games. I, I got through So why Portal. did you buy it? Uh, You're I, asking me tough questions. It's my turn. I, <laughs> I didn't know it was first-person. <laughs> I didn't look it up. Okay. But then I, all of a sudden I'm playing and, you know, my hands, all I can see are my hands. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I mean, yeah. sorry. Shoot. I bought a first-person game. But I, but then I talked to my son about it, and he said, well, maybe that's good because you'll get some practice playing a first-person game, and um, you might get better at it. So that's yeah. my hope. It's pretty fun so far. Yeah. Did you get it on Xbox? Yeah. I'm interested in that one too. Um, I haven't played any other Far Cry games and hadn't really been interested in, but this whole setting, the sort of like ancient setting is kind of really cool and I'd like to see what they do with that. Yeah, I think it is pretty cool. It starts out with cave paintings and it's supposed to be 10,000 years BCE. So, you know, it's pretty primitive and there's mammoths and stuff like that. It's pretty pretty good. Yeah, graphics are good, of course. And yeah, it looks it's gonna be fun. I'm so jealous. Cool. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Um, I wish I could share it with you, Stephen. But you probably right. just don't have time, right? You don't have time to play that. Well, I can. I, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Courtney, what about you? Um, I haven't been gaming too much. Uh, I beat Assassin's Creed Syndicate a while ago, but I've still been just going through and grabbing collectibles left and right, mm. which is sort of like a fun way to space out because there's so many collectibles right um i am halfway through firewatch and i love it so far oh cool uh that game is really really beautiful and lovely and um huge props to campo santo the small studio that made it and i love them and now want to play everything they ever make forever nice. and i haven't even finished it yet yeah it looks um, so they are the new samogo then <laughs> oh no i still love samogo <laughs> i I'm just adding them to my list of indie studios that I love. Right. Just becoming a longer and longer list, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been really wanting to play Zelda, and I've been holding holding it in and waiting for Twilight Princess. So I'm looking forward to digging into that on Friday. Yes. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. I actually played a lot this last week, which, you know, it's something that doesn't happen to me very often. Um, so I finished the Tomb Raider DLC, the Baba Yaga DLC. Um, gameplay and everything was awesome. There was a really cool environmental puzzle that you had to do. The plot, however, was completely cliche and predictable and disappointing. It's like, I knew what was going to happen, like, at the very beginning, and through the whole time I was playing it, I'm like, oh, please don't do this, please don't do this, please have this be something original and something cool and that I, I don't see coming, And but no, it was exactly what I had expected. Yeah, but talking about collectible stuff, too, is that um, this DLC it has you moving throughout the, the world that, you know, already the Tomb Raider world. There's an, a new section that you go to, but you're visiting some of the sections you did in the game. And so I'm getting to these sections, and I was like, oh, wait, there's a, there's a relic over there. I should just jump over there and get that. And, but one of the sections it takes me to is one that there is, there is a relic that I cannot get. Like, it's, like, way high up somewhere amongst this, like, I don't know, little mess of buildings and uh I cannot find it for the life of me like I spent 
probably a good two to three hours Uh total looking for that thing. And it took me back to that area. And I was just like, oh, I I can't be in this area. This area (laughs) drives me nuts. So, um, so yeah, there was that. I mean, gameplay wise, it was great. It's Tomb Raider. Like I said, there's a really great environmental puzzle. Um, If you're looking for super wonderful story, that's not where you're going to find it. Um, I would play for the puzzles, though. So yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. This puzzle—I mean, it only had one, but it was—it was really kind of complex, and I really had to take a step back in multiple parts and think, okay, what well, you know, mm-hmm. this works this way, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was a really good one. Um, and then I started playing Plants vs Zombies: Garden Warfare Two, uh, which is very, very mm-hmm. cool. Yes, Stephen, I ro- I was rocking the the Plants vs Zombies. Um, it's awesome. The last game was uh, just completely multiplayer for the most part. You could do single player in one of the modes, but it really wasn't that interesting or enjoyable. And so this one, they've opened it. You still have all your cool multiplayer stuff, um, but they you basically have a hub world that you can run around in and do missions and quests and things uh, to kind of level up your character and collect your your little stickers, you know, they sell packs of stickers, which was a thing in the last one as well. Um, and you, you collect these stickers and you unlock the different various types of the different plants versus zombies, such as like the electric sunflower or, you know, the, uh, the golf club all-star thing. So, um, so yeah, I haven't spent a ton of time in that, but uh, just been doing most of the single player stuff. I jumped into multiplayer, once and I just got destroyed because I didn't spend that much time leveling up my character. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so the multiplayer looks like they've got the same mode that is absolutely the best mode of a multiplayer game ever, which was called Gardens and Graveyards. They call it something else uh, in this version, but they still have the mode, which I was going to be very upset if they didn't have that mode. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, Crazy Dave is is rendered in 3D in this game, which is a little odd. Um, he doesn't look quite right. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen pictures, but Crazy Dave, if if you're not familiar with Plants vs Zombies, Crazy Dave is the crazy guy who decided to use plants to stop the zombie invasion, and he wears a a pot on his head and basically talks in like garbled. You can't understand what it is, which, uh, side note, we bought the Plants vs. Zombies um, graphic novels for my daughter because she likes Plants vs. Zombies. And anytime Crazy Dave is talking, it's always written out like, which I really, really appreciate. So, um, but yeah, that one's that is really good. I'm looking forward to jumping into it a little more, especially once my husband gets back from England, because uh, we would jump into multiplayer and play on the same team, and that was a lot of fun. You could do split screen in this one. You could do... Oh, you could do split screen local in in the last one. Pretty sure you can do split screen multiplayer this time, if I'm recalling correctly. I didn't try it. Okay. uh, During my yeah, but it's 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 so good. Who did you play? I played. I I completely leveled up every single character in the first one. Every single one. My favorite to play was the All Star, although I really like Sunflower as well. Um, my husband's favorite was, was the engineer zombie, uh, specifically the plumber version of the engineer zombie. Um, but this time, I don't know. I, I messed around with a couple of the new plant characters. Um, the rose, I wasn't really getting into that much. The, the corn cob guy was pretty cool. Um, it just takes some getting used to kind of what their attacks are and 
how to uh, take advantage of them. But uh, back to the split screen scheme. We don't do split screen. We have two consoles. And Isaac plays on his computer screen, and I play on our TV screen because that's the way that we roll. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, and then um, Hearthstone, obviously Hearthstone. Uh, last season ended. I was about on par with what I've done other seasons. Steve Lubitz made it all the way to rank four, which mm-hmm. is amazing. There are 25 ranks, and then after rank one, there's legendary. He made it to rank four. Wow. So props, Steven, uh, or Steve. I don't know if he goes by Steven or not. Props, Steve. Um, it was it was very cool. I was just like, dropped my jaw. But he plays. He must be playing that constantly. That's all he talks about on Twitter is Hearthstone. So, um, uh, so yeah, so that's my games. Um, and I think, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. You can find Pixelkin on Twitter at, un- at pixelkin underscore org and at gaming with moms. You can find us on Facebook, simply Pixelkin. And we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash pixelkin org. Oh, and we're on Blog Talk Radio gaming with the moms you can follow us there uh steven is the fabulous uh editor-in-chief of engage family gaming who can be found on twitter it's at ef gaming right steven correct all right awesome and then his website is engagefamilygaming.com and uh do you have a facebook thing i know that you have a uh, um a small presence there at least oh we got a we have a very active facebook page um okay. facebook page is pretty simple if you go to a social media channel and search engage family gaming you'll find it most of the stuff we do is actually in our facebook community group which nicole's actually in and you got to post yes. some of her stuff in it it's uh in, it's the engaged family gaming community group you can just go to engagefamilygaming.com slash community and join it um and you know we we talk about stuff and we share deals and giveaways and when people ask us questions it's super fun there's like 100 people in there and we go nuts Yeah, I found one of the greatest uh, little meme things that I have found in a long time, and that was the 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 movie of a real little hedgehog running around (laughs) running around the living room collecting rings. It was it was amazing. Oh, that was my podcast producer uh, Tomlinson. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he posts all the stupid pictures. He's the man. (laughs) Yeah, you have a great Instagram too, Stephen. Oh yeah, well yeah. Find us. We our Instagram. My wife actually runs that, um, and yeah, we have a whole lot of fun. It's just behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, I don't want to monopolize all your time. No, no, no. That's it's awesome. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. Bye.